HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. Today's program was brought to you by Mood Magazine, a new international quarterly publication about music and food. For more information, visit moodmusicfood.com. You're listening to Heritage Radio Network, broadcasting live from Bushwick, Brooklyn. If you like this program, visit heritageradionetwork.org for thousands more. We talk about food. We talk about music with musical dudes. Finger on the pulse, snacky tunes.
All right. Welcome to Snacky Tunes. I am one half your host, uh, Darren Bresnitz. Greg Bresnitz is still over in London, that lucky SOB. Uh, shout out to Zach Plotio. He just came back from Fishing Game this weekend. Uh, it's amazing. If you have a chance to go up to Hudson, I would say do that. And we also have some other breaking news uh, from the New York Food and Wine Festival. As we mentioned the other week, we were at the Sean Brock's dinner, uh, which is amazing. And next year, uh, festival dates have changed. They're going to be October 16th through the 19th, 2014. So put that on your calendar. Shout out to Ben and all of the awesome guys over and ladies of Bullfrog and Bomb for their continued support of the show and for the festival and things like that. We have a packed show today. It's, I, it's standing room only in the studio. Uh, and as you can hear outside, it is the Roberta's Halloween extravaganza. Um, so it's good. Uh, what you heard first was the band, or the lady band? Lady. Lady. Yeah. Uh, My Midnight Heart, Chest of Hearts, uh, who will be playing live in the second part of this show. But first up, we want to welcome Lauren Hirschberg, Chef Lauren Hirschberg, Executive Chef at Craft Bar to Snacky Tunes. Welcome to Heritage Radio Network. Thank you for having me. Uh, this is your first time on the radio station? Uh, this radio station, yes. Awesome. Um, so, Lauren is on because he will be joining us as our guest chef at the Bar Food Blowout happening on Tuesday, November 12th at Pork Slope. And we couldn't be more excited to see your take on food mixed with bar food. I'm pretty pumped to do it. Um, it's, a, it's a rare opportunity for me to get out of Craft Bar and do something different, so I'm looking forward to it. All right. Well, that's happening next week. Let's go all the way back to the beginning. So you're you're Northeast born and bred, aren't you? New Jersey, Montclair. Um, you're not a Devils fan, are you? You know, once they changed their jersey colors, I couldn't deal with it anymore. So I was uh, actually a Red Wings fan because Steve Eiserman is my all-time favorite player. Fair enough. Uh, as long as you weren't a Red Wings fan in 96 when you trounced the Flyers in the Stanley Cup. You were I, I skipped that year. Uh, okay, okay. Um, so you grew up in Jersey, and then you went up to Syracuse, right? Yep. That's, uh, talk to me about your love of food and, and your history of uh, culinary culture. Uh, I mean, basically started at a young age. My family was uh, big into entertaining, throwing parties, lots of food, you know, lots of share plates, standing around casually. Um, and it kind of went from there where I wanted to eat the food that my mom always made on special occasions. So she started letting me uh, have at it when it wasn't such a special occasion. Oh, uh, like some test runs? Kind of test runs, but it was like, okay, you want to make it? Like, I've got, you know, uh, a brother and four sisters any neighborhood kids who came around she was like you cook dinner I'll go out to the city with your dad really yeah so they left you alone and let you cook yeah what type of cuisine are we talking what type of dishes like serious like meatloaf and like you know the, the American standards like but. Jersey suburb special yeah um, but some sort of twist that made stand out in your mind or was it just the idea of the home cooked meal it was just the idea of the home cooked meal I mean like my parents would drive down to Philly and get, like, mozzarella and, like, prosciutto and, and sun-dried tomatoes with their friends and then come back and have, like, a party on Sunday afternoons. Right. And that's what I kind of started to gravitate towards and where I was like, I want to eat this food because this food is the absolute bomb. And she kind of got me started out on then, well, you can make family dinner. Uh, did you find that your, uh, I guess, experience cooking family dinner would later translate to when you had to do family meal for your brethren at the restaurants uh, maybe a little bit i think more of anything it just gave me an outlet to to work with my hands um whether it be food or, or something else like I, I realized that my career had to be something where there was a tangible product that uh i, I couldn't just sit at a desk look at a computer and uh and make a career out of that like i actually need to be like getting dirty and and being physical with what I'm working with, so I mean, you majored in that, right? Didn't you in like food hospitality and service and things? Yeah, like that? I, I lucked out and I found the easiest major up at Syracuse, so I, uh, I, I signed up for that one. Um, that's where uh, Dinosaur got started, right? Up in Syracuse. Yep. Um, what did you, what was your college uh, meals like? What did you what did you dine on in your in those salad days? When we when we weren't at the dining hall, um, I cooked a lot for you know my roommates in our apartment. Um, big thing I would do is make a big batch of Sunday gravy a couple times a year. We'd freeze it, you know, have like a meatballs enough for like five, six people. And then when we were watching, you know, football games or, you know, 902 or now, we would uh, heat it up. <laughs> Not to date yourself, right? Not to date myself. Uh, did you do a lot of tailgating? I mean, I know 
No, I actually, I just did another interview about about this, and I was saying that up at Syracuse, it's so freaking cold. Oh yeah, and it's so gray and and a lot of times wet that we'd go to the bars and tailgate, and then you're literally a hundred yards away from the Carrier Dome, so yeah. you just walk across the quad and go in for the games. And so then, after you, you graduated, um, where did you pick up? Uh, in what where what kitchen did you wind up in? After I graduated, I en- actually ended up down in the Virgin Islands waiting tables. Of course. Of yeah. course. Uh, a buddy Mont Claire to Syracuse to Virgin Islands. It's the American dream story. Uh, a, b- a buddy of mine was running a restaurant down there, and he needed people to come down and help him. So I went down to St. Croix, did that for about eight months. But uh, the whole time, like, I, r- I really wanted to get back into the kitchen. Um, and so I did that. I came back here. I went to the French Culinary Institute. And my first job actually was at Kraft. I started bottom rung, garmage, and worked my way through the stations. How did you feel that going to school for that versus starting in the bottom? Did you feel that the schooling was as important or just you could have gone straight to the bottom and worked your way up and added in whatever years you went to school at the restaurant? I think school made me realize that I didn't have the fundamentals. You know, when you're just cooking for your, like, family and friends and, like, you're kind of winging it, you don't have the fundamentals and kind of classic technique. Um, getting into a kitchen like craft and starting in the real world made me realize that school didn't teach me anything. So huh. a, a restaurant like that where everything was kind of, like, a la carte, it was like yeah. the, the stations are very specialized. I was like, this is my real education. And that's why I committed to staying there so I could work through the entire kitchen. I mean, I think you have a very rare story. The fact that you've been at a restaurant starting at the bottom and now being the executive chef a decade later speaks to following that path more than, oh, I did six months here, one year there, and I'm sort of like in this middle career where I can cook, but I'm not at the top of any place. Yeah, I guess. I mean, you know, it took a year to get through all the stations, and then by then I was helping to train guys and and going back through the stations with new guys. And then after two years, a sous chef position was available. So I started basically every like year to two years, a new opportunity was there within that company or within that kitchen specifically for me to continue to grow and learn something new while not taking me away from what I love to do, which is cook. Um, So it was just, it, it happened very organically, but it also happened like I'd say almost perfectly from a timing sense for me personally, where it's just like, you know, when people start to get that itch and they're like, well, I want to move on, I want to see something else, there's something else for me to see, but working under the same roof. Right, but you change roofs because you went from craft to craft bar, right? Right. Um, what's the difference? You know, for people who don't know the two restaurants, can you give a brief description of them? Sure. I mean, craft, obviously, Tom Clickio, flagship. Shout um, out. Got to give him the shout out. He's the man. Um, but, you know, it's uh, based on the a la carte, you know, you order, you order your piece of meat, you order your vegetables, your mushrooms, your potatoes. Um, and you build your own meal, so to speak. Craft um, bar is uh, my, what I think it is: is you take all the same techniques and skills and uh, products that we'd use at Craft, but then you make it into a more casual and composed menu. Um, and do you enjoy cooking there a little bit more, or did you enjoy like do you enjoy cra- the approach, or is it just two totally different approaches? It's not. I mean. Like I said, we're using the same kind of techniques and the same mindset in terms of how we approach ingredients. Um, craft is awesome because like you're gonna you're gonna take that ingredient and you're gonna cook it to the, its utmost perfection and just highlight what that ingredient is or what that dish is gonna be. And then craft bar, you get a little bit more leeway to play with different flavor combinations, um, a little bit more leeway to uh, be more casual and whimsical and. And, you know, kind of have fun with it, I guess. Um, can I talk to you about the music in the kitchen? Is it a quiet kitchen or you guys you guys rocking out? We used to have, like, a really, really old ghetto box. And uh, it would be by the butcher station, and we'd only listen to Spanish music. Um, it eventually broke, so we never replaced it. That's the, and that's How, the end. However, however, we are a very musical kitchen. Um, I'll give a shout out to my buddy Chris Hensel who's working the line tonight. Um, that guy will bust in a song and dance on, oh, yeah? on, on a on a whim. And uh, usually, when one song gets in our heads, we all start to sing it. Uh, Every now and then, we have like a, a five minute kind of group session. That's great. Karaoke night must be awesome with you guys. 
We usually just go and make fun of people doing the karaoke. Um, do you like to listen to music, though, at home when you're cooking? Do you have any bands that you listen to when you cook? Um, I mean, I love every kind of music right now. I'm on, like, a supreme country kick. Okay. Um, and it's kind of like the newer, cheesier stuff, if you want to say that, because we got 94. Oh, uh, right, the new seven. country station. So it's like that's just kind of the standard in my car right now when I'm driving to and from, uh, you know, the supermarket or, or to work. And uh, so I'm really into that. And um, But I'd say, you know, uh, Talking Heads is a great one, Bob Marley. Um, bon Jovi, New Jersey, you got to represent. Got to represent. Um, those are probably the three of the things that we listen to a lot when we're cooking. Now, by we, I mean my wife, who's of course. standing right next to me. Shout out to the wife. Sunday hangs. Thanks for, thanks for letting him come out on Sunday. You're welcome. Um, so I also heard that you took first place in the wing competition in Memphis in May? Yes. Um, that First off, congratulations. Thank you. Uh, how did that happen? Uh, it, it's honestly, it's, a, it's completely by accident. We, uh, there's a couple of us who started going down, uh, I think, five years ago. Um, it's Shane McBride, who's now the executive chef at Balthazar. Damon Wise, chef at uh, um, Lafayette. Um, Adam Evans, who's a chef down in Atlanta and the Optimist. Um, a bunch of us who all worked at Craft together went down there um, in, in kind of a Craft-sponsored trip the yeah. first time around. Um, everyone's kind of gone their separate ways, but we make it a point to go down every year, and that's our, our sojourn to barbecue and, and our time for us to all get, get back together. And, uh, you know, the first year, um, we just did, you know, our ribs in a couple, like, categories. And the second year, we were just like, let's do all the categories. And nobody wanted to do wings. So I took it on my belt, and I literally made uh, a hot sauce and a rub the day before I drove down. Um, but I'd worked, like, six doubles in a row to get the time off. Oh, my God. And I was so blurry that I don't really know what was in it. So the joke is that I won first place, and then we don't know what's in it. <laughs> you couldn't do any reverse like engineering. Or- I try. I've, I've I've then started to really develop and like take take notes on the recipes. Um, I think I have a a really awesome recipe for a wing sauce. Um, I just don't know what it was that won it that one year. So that wing sauce. I know that uh, one of the dishes you're doing for the bar food blowout are buffalo pigtails. Yep. Is that wing sauce going to be making an appearance on those? It will. Okay. I like to make my own wing sauce. Don't use anybody else's. Um, we have fermented chilies at the restaurant. Um, and this is not some like, oh, I take Frank's as a base and then add something out. This is from scratch, right? No. If I need a little bit of help, I'll take like a, a basic Louisiana or Crystal's. Yeah. Okay, um, yeah. Just if I need to stretch it a little bit. But I think Frank's has a very unique flavor. Yeah, I don't love it. Um, it's not, you know, I think I think that flavor takes over everything else. It's the stand. It's now yeah. like the standard wing flavor, and I, I think there's not a lot of nuance to it. So something like like crystals, it's just like it's got heat, it's got cayenne. Yeah. Um, but then you can manipulate that to make something flavorful. Awesome. And then what else are you doing for the uh, the bar food blowout? Uh, we have a an awesome kielbasa on our menu, a craft bar. So we actually just changed it to the same prep I'm going to do for the bar food blowout. Basically, it's a, a push cart dog, but we're going to do our smoke kielbasa um so we got smothered onions uh sauerkraut and uh homemade bun and then our smoked kielbasa and then some uh nacho cheese chirones and uh, what are those so uh chicharrones are obviously the uh the pork cracklins okay. we kind of uh came it, it, this was another like kind of happy accident my chef de cuisine was seasoning them with vinegar powder and paprika and some other kind of dehydrated powders and it actually ended up tasting like nacho cheese so it's almost like a uh, a cheese cheese doodle is that the one the puffy one yeah yeah it's almost like a cheese doodle i'm not, but mad, it's, at, I'm not mad at anything that you're saying right me neither um, um dude this is awesome and then uh you got some pickles and we'll have a veg option too right something, yeah we something. got a, we got a little bar pie with some mushrooms and, and fontina cheese yeah, and uh, I know that Brooklyn Brewery is going to be there in Powers for like 20 bucks. It's a pretty good deal. It's I think it's a fantastic deal. Um, and if you want to go, it's uh, barfoodnovember.eventbrite.com. Uh, well, Lauren, I want to thank you so much. Thank you. I know that you're up on Twitter, right? On I Instagram. am. What, do you want to shout out yourself? Uh, it's L.M. Hirschberg. You want to spell Hirschberg? H-I-R-S-C-H-P-E-R-G. 
Cool. Do you, do you are you active on Twitter? I mean, I'm I, not I mean, as active as I probably should be. Uh, I'm more I'm more an Instagram guy, and it's oh, the same same handle. What's your Instagram game like? Uh, food picks, baby picks. Now I've got a two month old. Oh, hey, congratulations! Yeah. Oh, you're really making a night of it. You coming oh, out yeah, to the yeah, radio is, station, going out oh, to yeah. eat? We got a babysitter and everything tonight. So. And, and he's driving home. Oh, mama's got two glasses of wine, right? <laughs> exactly. Oh, well, congr- what's the ba- shout out the baby? My baby is Charlie Augusta. She's two months. She's awesome. Ooh, Charlie um, is a girl's name. Charlie is a girl's name. I like that, Charlie Augusta. Lauren is a boy's name. I had to repay the favor. <laughs> Ooh. My name is Sydney. A lot of Oh, okay. That's all right. You're all awesome. Well, Lauren, I want to thank you so much for coming by. Uh, It's the 12th, like a week. One, yeah, about About a week week. and a half. We'll be doing the media blitz this week. Um, So stick around. We got the boys from Greenpoint Fish Co. sitting in house. I got oysters, uh, which we're excited about. Um, You can hear the party going outside, so I imagine we'll be hanging here and they're going out there. That party is just getting louder and louder out there. We have Adam and Vinny in the house. 
shucking oysters um, from the Greenpoint Fish and Lobster Co. Uh, thank you guys. We met. God, how long ago was that? Now it was over the summer. But we go. We go. We go, back. we go way back. To which days? When I used to look at pianos. Jeez. So we're talking. Five six. five, six years. You know, I we just uh, I'm over at Refinery Twenty Nine now, and I just we just threw our uh, Halloween party at um, Baby's All Right. Nice. So shout out to those guys. They're sort of killing it right now. Um, and uh, yeah. So anyway, so why don't you guys introduce yourself uh, as you're shucking away? <laughs> uh, my name's Vinny. I'm the uh, the sh- the fishmonger here at Greenpoint Fish and Lobster Company. And uh, my name's Adam, and I'm the uh, I handle all the food food aspect of uh, Greenpoint Fish and Lobster Company, so designing menus and recipes based on whatever Vinny buys me. Um, so you guys are doing something unique, and I think that better than me train wreck the explanation, because um, you're not just bringing in fish, you're also doing menus and events and things like that, which I think is unique to what purveyors are doing, because mostly when you think of fish purveyors, you think of... Well, it's not really Fulton Fish Market anymore, but you think of, like, that's about what it is. Like, they bring it in, and that's where it ends, and so it's cooks it. But you guys are doing something different. Sure. Well, I mean, we're looking to do... We're, we're trying to open a retail seafood market and kind of cafe raw bar based on, you know, with a menu based on what we have uh, coming in, and mostly based on what's in season, and also, more importantly, what's sustainable. Um, we're really trying to push the sustainable seafood movement and trying to only carry seafood that has been, you know, you know, is kind of vetted as, uh, you know, from sustainable fisheries, well-maintained fisheries and caught in certain ways that have minimal impact on the environment and are also promoting the longevity of the, the species as a whole. So, yeah. I mean, you'd and would you want to add to that? Um, <laughs> well, I've, I've found actually that I, my background is my, my family owns a, uh, 125 year old seafood company out of Boston. It's a wholesale company. And when I used to work there, I was part of the sustainability division where I was, I was selling directly to the high end restaurants in Boston that I, w- I would say like these, these fish are sustainably caught. They're caught in a method that is, is not, um, detrimental to the stocks of the species and i found that people weren't really the chefs in particular weren't interested in it they were only interested in the price point so when i got i i got a little discouraged but now i feel like that was maybe like five six years ago right there's more that was in boston too and in new york there's just much more a higher demand for the sustainability factor hey go soccer right Oh, thank you, thank Go you. Go socks. Yeah, it was great. I went to school at BU, but I left the year before. I left the year before they left. They won the first time. Um, so I mean, I just got to make one come, Adam, on your back. And I find so many guys who start off in music now moving into food. Uh, why do you think that happened to you? Beyond just sort of having you know your family going to Cape Cod for so many years, um, like what drew you to it out of the music business? I mean, I don't know. I. I've been a pescatarian for 11 years, and I've lived in North Brooklyn for the last six years, and there's nowhere to get seafood. There's nowhere to buy your own seafood. There's that like one really weird place in Metropolitan. <laughs> I feel bad talking about it, but It's yeah. fine. I mean, well, like... Yeah. I mean, just, go, just go to Yelp. You'll, you'll see. You'll know, you know. You know what we're talking about, but, like, yeah. that's the only place I know that's right. an actual fishmonger. Right. And then Ben Sargent's been doing some good work. Sure. Yeah. Oh, he's a good buddy. Yeah. He's great. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but he's not doing... He's not no, selling to the public. No. Um, so, yeah, so there's nowhere to get it, and I work, actually, for music, I work out of a home office, right. cook all my meals, cook them two to three meals a day, and I cook a lot of seafood, and I was frustrated um, without having a place to go. I'd have to go to the Chelsea Market, right, or I'd go to Whole Foods or something, and it's, uh, it's you know, expensive. It's, it's expensive, and it's a three-hour round trip. Like, right. I don't have, you know, I can, can't do that trip multiple times a week. No. And, so, and also, Brooklyn, Brooklyn Pride. Exactly. Of course. Of course. Brooklyn Proud Forever. So, yeah, I mean, uh, I, so you decided just to keep it keep it local, keep it real? Yeah, well, I, and I knew, I mean, Vinny and I worked on a, uh, I know Vinny from music. Vinny is actually also an entertainment lawyer. and uh, Don't hold against me. <laughs> we, we worked on a project together, and um, and I knew he had a, you know, one, one day he was like, hey, if you ever need a, 
ever want fish, uh, this is a couple years ago, if you ever want fish, uh, I'll be driving trucks for my family and I can, I can bring you down, you know, some, some cod or you know, flounder or whatever it is. And I was like, oh, well, that, that's odd. Okay. Um, I never took them up on it because it just was kind of bizarre at the time. Right. But then I had this idea, like, why is there nowhere to get seafood in Brooklyn? And you're seeing all these butchers opening everywhere and these kind of high-end, you know, artisanal meats and, and whatnot. And no one's doing the seafood. So I talked. To, I saw Vinny at a holiday, uh, a music industry holiday party. And As one does. Right. And I was like, you, we got to talk. Right. And, uh, and Of course, I immediately thought that it's because I owed him money or something. <laughs> right, right, right. They didn't come out on that contract. Right. right. Um, I mean, I think that's sort of what I love about the Brooklyn music and food scene. And there was the parallels where it's sometimes it's just as easy as two dudes or two ladies or a dude and lady with similar parallel interests that finally crossed. Totally. You know, where someone sees, someone has the means. I mean, how many people work in entertainment now that also has a family uh, who's run 125 years of seafood appointing another guy who just knows the Brooklyn scene and can be involved with that coming together? Um, so, what was, so after that initial conversation, when did it go from like, we're at a holiday party drinking to like, oh shit, we, we're actually doing this? Vinny said, let's go to Boston. Let's go meet the family. Let's go see the operation. And we took a trip. And I, I was amazed. I mean, it's it, his whole family is is so entrenched in seafood, and we were like, you know, this is real. We can do this. We have the contacts, we have the concept, and we have to do this. We have to try. And we kind of just, you know, we just knew it and instinctively, like we need to keep going with this, and we need to see how far this goes. If only you knew of a lawyer to set it up. Yeah, right? <laughs> How much crossover is there setting up an importing and exporting fish business in uh, entertainment? Uh, I mean, not much. Not, not much. much. But, I I mean, I, when I was working in Boston for my family's company, which was pretty much my whole life, actually, yeah. uh, I, I, I really loved it, and I, I got into it. And then I moved down to New York to do the music thing, and it's been going all right, but I, I, there's something missing, and it was that fish, that New England tradition that I have. I'm a fourth-generation fisherman now, um, and they're, the company's still going strong, and we've got plenty of... Can you got, shout them out? What's in it? John Eagle Company. Got to so, shout them out. In South Boston, Massachusetts. South. I'm not a cop. The love department. I love that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I mean, so how long have you guys been around? I mean, it's it's recent. About a year we, now, we yeah. We talked uh, last December, um, right? So. Yeah, it's been it's been about a year, but the past year has been crazy. We've just been, while we've been looking for places to open, we've been throwing these uh, these parties and there let's are seafood about, events. Let's talk about these parties, which I'm so remiss that I have not been to yet. But the next, what's the next one? Just this. I, uh, the next one, we're, we're not sure yet. I mean, basically what happens is we try to throw one party a month. You know, we deal with one completely exhausted, and we're like, all right, we know we need to do another one. And then one afternoon it clicks, oh, that's what we're going to do. And we, it comes together in two weeks. And They're also seasonal, too. So, yeah, yeah, you yeah. know, the end of summer, you do a lobster bake. We just did a, a muscle, what we called muscle mania, where we had, you know, 80 pounds of mussels that we we're steaming, and we had three different types of sauces. So we try to keep it uh, as seasonal as possible, as well as the most sustainable fish that we can get at the time. So, I mean, I'm looking at, I, I want to do, now it's starting to get cold, I'm really excited about chowder. Um, you know, it's tough. With Over the summer, it's so hot, it's hard to, a lot of seafood is, you know, seafood's great raw, you can do oysters yeah. and lobster rolls, cold, cold stuff, but there's so much you can do when you start grilling, um, and while summer grilling is nice, like, I don't know, cold weather and, you know, and chowders and things like that. I'm excited about doing. Uh, so I have my eyes on a chowder event next. I'm not, we're trying to figure out a location. Um, yeah. You know, we're trying to keep everything in Brooklyn. Of course. Uh, Green totally. And, uh, and uh, you'll um, imagine we'll see some, like, Chipino. Mm-hmm. Of course. Oh, yeah. We so. just went to, uh, we just came back from San Francisco last week and actually went down to uh, Moss Landing mm-hmm. uh, outside of Monterey and went to what I think is the best, you know, the mecca for Chipino, Phil's Fish Market. Oh, uh, yeah. Your place is... The place is amazing. Um, and, yeah, I, I, I'm I, obsessed with, with Chipino. Um, um, so what are these oysters that we're eating? I don't know. I picked these up today, actually. There's a guy at the uh, farmer's market in Marlboro Lake Park on Sundays. Um, so these are from North Shore of Long Island. Mm. Just 
nondescript, kind of delicious East Coast oysters. Salty. Good. Salty. Yeah, they're Salty really brand. great. Um, so how far are you guys sending your fish? What's your distribution? Uh, I mean, we're, we're, we're handling a couple of, re- you know, small orders for restaurants right now. Like, kind of minimal. We're not really... Or we don't really have a facility set up to do proper wholesaling. Um, a couple of cooking schools and cooking classes have, you know, say, hey, we've got a, a seafood class coming up in a couple of weeks. We need, you know, 20 two-pound cod, you know, or, uh, sorry, black sea bass or something. And, you know, we'll handle that kind of stuff. But we're, you know, mostly focused on finding a location to do retail and all as well as wholesale. Yeah. And with a small kitchen, do some raw bar and small daily specials. Awesome. Um, and then these events that we've been throwing. So Yeah. Well, uh, stick around. we got some awesome music coming up. You guys check some oysters. we got My Midnight Heart coming up next. But do you guys want to shout out like the Nuts and Bolts of online website where they can find you? Um, you can come find us at uh, the website is Greenpoint Fish and Lobster. That's A-N-D spelled out. Greenpoint Fish and Lobster. And uh, you can find us on Twitter and Instagram at Greenpoint Fish. Um, yeah. That's about it. Awesome. All right, we'll stick around. We'll have some more pizza. We'll hang out. We got my midnight heart coming up.
What's Mood? Mood is a quarterly magazine about music and food. For its creators, not many things can beat a good record and a delicious meal. Maybe a well-written story or a gorgeous photo. Well, that's all in Mood. The magazine looks at music and food in a cohesive and unique way, with a keen eye to design and high-quality writing. Its contributors are located around the globe, and the stories span accordingly. Check it out today at moodmusicfood.com. That's moodmusicfood.com. All right, welcome back to Snacky Tunes. I am one half your host, Darren Bresnitz. Shout out to Greg, who's listening in London. Uh, jam-packed uh, food adventures today. And um, I want to welcome my midnight heart to the radio station. Hey, what's up? Full dance party. Full dance party going on. It's also uh, <laughs> really weird because it's daylight savings times, I want to say. Was that today? Yeah. Uh, and so it's it feels like it's darker than night itself, and it's like 5.15. <laughs> um, well, welcome. Thank you so much. Um, I want to talk about your origin story because I think this is the first uh, origin story that has the uh, word giggling. Giggling. Yes. <laughs> okay. In it. Um, that said that uh, there was never a beginning for My Midnight Heart, mm-hmm. but you had been giggling and writing songs for as long as you can remember. Oh, gigging, I hope no. it says. <laughs> oh, my God. It does say gigging. <laughs> I was probably giggling as well. Well, but. <laughs> I'm going to say it as the uh, journalist that I am, that I read it as giggling. Um, uh, but, yeah, so you've been gigging and writing songs for, I mean, how long is how long? Like six um, like, told your parents, like, I'm going out on tour? <laughs> I wish. Um, no, I mean, literally, I've been writing songs since, yeah, like, six or so. I mean, we always had, like, you know, a piano in the house, a uh, guitar in the house, and uh, it was something I was naturally drawn to. Um, I didn't start doing it professionally, basically, until about six years ago. Um, and been doing different corporate gigs and working with, um, you know, some, uh, some cooler Brooklyn bands as well and my project, so... Yeah, that's kind of the origin. Not so much giggling in that story that time, but... <laughs> but there has been giggling, right? There, oh, God, there was so much giggling, yeah. Um, so what what brought on this love of music so early on in life? Was there a family member? Or was there... Um, I, my dad is a singer. He's always been interested in music. Um, he never did it as a career. It was always kind of a hobby. Um, but he definitely encouraged it, and, you know, he has... Uh, you know, a story where you know, I was a baby and he sang a note and I sang the same note back to him, which, like, I don't know if that's really true. Wow, you say that with such disdain. I know. He tells it every time uh, he sees me and, like, somebody else who might be interested in music. Uh, or people who aren't even, so. That's one of those dads. <laughs> yeah, and I'm like, I'm on. just, I'm not really sure if I buy it, so I can't tell, you know, but who am I to, to dispute his claim? So, anyways. Because you're um, here now, because now you're playing music. Exactly, right? There you go, yeah, so just, he's, he's probably guys, right. Do you ever collaborate with your old dad? No, no, I never have. I mean, we're kind of on different, um, he's he's much more of like an old soul, old school kind of kind of like cat. That. You know, which is cool, but I've just, I've never really done that kind of stuff. All right, well, speaking of stuff, let's hear a song. Okay, cool. What are you going to play for us first? I'm going to play this song called You Break, which is not out yet, so it's a little sneak peek. Okay, yeah. well, I got some thumping bass to accompany oh, you. Oh, yeah, that's for the club. It's the remix it's that's the coming remix. out, yeah. Okay, so uh, <laughs> here we go live on Snacky Tunes, My Midnight Heart.
Nice. That is an epic. <laughs> Most of the songs are generally epic. <laughs> um, so I was reading about how you sort of uh, you started performing, and then you came to New York, mm-hmm. and then you sort of went to like band hibernation in a way. <laughs> yeah, in a way, I was um, I was touring with the Trans Siberian Orchestra for. Um, Four months plus rehearsals, like five five months ish. What were you doing with them? Um, I was <laughs> technically I was a dancer, which, <laughs> if you know me, probably is totally unbelievable. But um, I was a dancer slash uh, supporting background vocals, whatever you want to call that, um, and just ensemble kind of thing. I mean, if you know what that is, it's like a rock opera kind of yeah, yeah, yeah. ridiculous uh, Christmas extravaganza. Um, so yeah, I was a, I was a dancer technically, um, but you know it's a it's a pretty large scale tour bus. You know we were. Um, in Europe for a while and then touring all around the states and it's um, you know it's a hectic schedule there's at least one show each day um, except for maybe you know the occasional day every now and then and um, you know it's go do the show get on the bus go to the next show and so on and so forth um, so yeah I definitely there was literally no space mentally or physically so you kind of had to um, invent your own so I started using my iPad and GarageBand a little bit more than you know playing my guitar or playing keys or whatever I would be playing to write with um, and that kind of uh, that helped and that actually I guess started this project um, through yeah arranging and you know kind of going in that way instead of doing it afterwards um that kind of lended itself i guess to this project for sure that's awesome what was it like to come out of hibernation like did you have some big announcement or you just did something like (laughs) a quiet sort of like open mic on a tuesday like um no there wasn't like a big fanfare i I don't even know like i literally didn't realize that i was in hibernation right um at the time and then afterwards i was like cool i'm just gonna keep going on with this project that i had been doing before i left um but it had changed and i wasn't really honestly aware of that till a couple months later um and i was asked to perform with this band and you know, I was like, okay, cool, I'll get something together, and um, just kind of came up with a new way of doing it. We have two drummers, um, most of the gigs, and I, I wanted to experiment with that a little bit, so I had I hired some friends and some different musicians I wanted to work with, and started from there, and basically it's it's grown into what it is now. Um, so what's the, 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 when people go out to see you live, what's that setup? Because mm-hmm. obviously we have you very stripped down right now. For sure. Um, yeah, it's very different than this. Right now I'm doing kind of like an electronic sort of setup. I mean, it's still very electronic. There's a, um, a bunch of synths and um, samplers and samples being used, as well as um, electric bass. Um, for this next gig, we have a show tomorrow night, actually, um, the fourth um at glasslands but um yeah our uh uh, release show launch party um but we have for that one electric bass me with synths and samples another sampler um two drummers and is that it jeez yeah there's five of us (laughs) seriously that's uh that's a big setup it's a big setup it's cool though it sounds it sounds great it just came from rehearsal actually so (laughs) no well do you want to give us a song that people will be hearing tomorrow night yeah sure Um, we'll do the um title track off the ep that is coming out on tuesday awesome well uh as i like to say here's a uh, happy rex rex manning day <laughs> happy rex manning Tuesday. day i used to yeah. love that movie yeah we all did yeah we all did. all right so here's my, my midnight heart again live here on snaggy tunes
So, how long have you been in New York, Brooklyn? Um, I've been in New York for five years now. I've been in Brooklyn for two and a half, maybe three. What's your, uh, what are your stopping grounds? Food, drink, where do you hang? Uh, I hang out, well, I live and hang out mostly in Ditmas Park. Okay. Um, it's just my hood. And we have Sycamore, which is amazing. We have the farm, which is... Farm's amazing. So good. <laughs> Oxcart. It's just like a Costello plan, and there's just more and more restaurants coming. Um, so it's kind of, it, I don't know, it's a pretty hoodie, hoodie. Uh, it's my hood, and it's very, like, foodie. I don't know, it's, it's just the best. I, I think it's the best. Do you cook honestly. a lot when you're home, when you're not riding a tour? Um, I yeah, I do. I used to. I kind of took a break in the summer because it was really hot in my kitchen, <laughs> and I didn't feel like being in there any longer than I had to be. That's uh, pretty much the main reason for not cooking in New York. Yeah, <laughs> but um, yeah, no, I've started to pick it up again now that it's sort of cooling down. Today it's cool. Um, uh, today it's cold. Yeah, today it's cold. <laughs> I wasn't ready for that. Um, so what do you got coming up? So I know it's Rex Manning Day for you on Tuesday. <laughs> it is Rex Manning. Happy Rex Manning Day. And everyone. you have the show at Glasslands tomorrow. Yes. And then what's up? Tour. What are we doing? Um, we're taking it easy for a little bit. Um, we're well. We have some gigs coming up. We have Ace Hotel um, on the tenth. Um, that's in like Chelsea-ish area. And then um, Eric, my friend slash manager, um, is opening a bar called Friends and Lovers in Crown Heights. Ooh. Um, yeah. So it's another new new spot, which is going to be amazing. Um, on is it on Classen? Did I make that up? Yeah, um, I'm playing there on the 20th. They're going to have music and all kinds of good stuff. So, um, yeah, and that's it for, for now-ish. The main thing tomorrow is, you know, is the launch, is the release and all that stuff. We've been kind of leading up to that. This is our first, um, you know, it's our debut album, so, you know. You excited? Uh, yeah, I am. I haven't had time to be excited, but I'm, I'm going to be super psyched tomorrow. Absolutely, yeah. We'll take a moment. Yeah, take okay. Moment, take Hold in. on. Okay, I'm there now. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, listen, we want to squeeze one last song in, but okay. why don't you shout out the nuts and bolts of where people can find you, people can buy the album, all that good stuff. Yeah, it'll be up on um, iTunes on Tuesday, so you should definitely get it there. Um, Instagram, and Twitter, Facebook? And everything is My Midnight Heart. The handle is My Midnight Heart for Twitter, Instagram, um, Facebook, everything. And we're on we're on all that. We, you know, we're there. So come see us there and come see us live tomorrow. That'd be kind of amazing. Awesome. Yeah. Shout out to Girly Action as always. Oh, yeah. Thank you so much. As always. Thank you. Always. Uh, we'll have to get you more on the mic. You're becoming more and more regular. I think I've seen you. I need my own segment at some point. I think I've seen you more in that chair than Greg recently. Uh, well, I want to thank you. We're off next week. We're heading down to Austin to see our good and longtime best friend, Eric Horn, get married and to hang out at Fun, Fun, Fun Fest. Will you be there, Damien? I won't. Sarah will be there. Sarah will? Yeah. All right, Sarah. Hit me up. Um, all right, last track. What do we have? Um, this one is also off the EP. It's called Nightlight. Awesome. Here we go. Cool. Thanks again. We'll be back. Shout out to Heritage. Shout out to Roberta. And I'll see you at the dance party in about five minutes. <laughs> <All right. laughs>